Welcome to the Creativity at Work podcast, hosted by the School of Business at Virginia Commonwealth University. Well, welcome to the fall 2018 edition of Creativity at Work, which is hosted by the VCU School of Business. My name is Ken Kahn. I'm the Senior Associate Dean, and with me today is David Fisk, who is the Executive Director for the Richmond Symphony and also is serving as the artist in residence. And I should say, not just yourself, but the Richmond Symphony in, in its entirety. Absolutely. As artist We're in very excited by all the possibilities. So welcome and thanks for your time Thank you. today. A pleasure to be with you. Can you tell us a little bit about your background and if you'd also like a little bit about the Richmond Symphony? Sure. Um, I'm a musician by training and I grew up with music, sang as a boy and then started to play piano and added to that other instruments as well. And um, had the possibility of going into a career as a professional musician. I studied it to, to that level at university and postgraduate, but got the creativity bug, got the uh, opportunity to be a bit of an entrepreneur, um, organized a festival when I was in my early 20s, and that gave me a taste for the fulfillment that can come through a career in the arts, not just as a performer. Although I still do play. I was playing last night um, with one of our musicians at uh, the... Uh, Symphony Summer Series of Recitals. What were you playing? Or the, what, exactly the instrument? And I'm so, uh, still a pianist, um, and I was playing with Ellen Cochran Richo, who's our principal second violin, and we were doing a program of music by Robert Schumann and his contemporaries, including his wife, Clara, Clara who was a um, pianist and composer herself. Huh. So how do you make creativity work? happen, both uh, yourself or if you'd like to talk about it in terms of the Richmond Symphony? So it's interesting how you phrase the question, how do you make creativity at work happen? How do you make creativity happen? And there's a lot of depth to that question. Um, I think there are two ways of thinking about it. One is how do you enable creativity to happen? What kind of framework do you create for it? And the other is more directorial, how do you direct it to happen in making it happen? And we have the opportunities for both within the symphony. I think it's, uh, it's fascinating to think of the symphony as a creative organization that works with a very high level of discipline. And so what we try to do at the symphony, and uh, you asked me to say a few words, which I didn't in answer to your previous question. The symphony is 60 years old, which means we're fairly mature as an organization and as a business. Uh, it's a $6 million a year annual budget and we have almost 100 full-time employees. And what many folks don't know is that the symphony is also unionized as almost every professional orchestra is in the United States. So that brings a level of discipline to our work. So we try to make creativity happen on stage, of course, by providing the best possible circumstances for great music to get played of all kinds, not just classical, but pops and everything we do. But within the office structure, we tried to create the right framework for the staff, the administrative staff, to exercise creativity as well. How I personally do it is by a kind of combination of trying to lead by example and being creative myself which is certainly possible with the job that I do. But I also try to enable it to happen 
by empowering my senior staff team to have as much freedom as um, as they as they can to do their work really well, including being creative as part of that. Sorry, that was a long answer. No, that's great. That was great. So, what are some things that uh, companies can learn from the symphony? Well, coming back to my previous comment about um, the symphony doing creative work in a highly disciplined framework, I think thinking of the symphony as an organization, as a as a great team, is an interesting metaphor to play with for for companies. How does a great orchestra work together? How does a conductor work with the musicians who are all highly trained and in some cases better musicians than the conductor themselves? Not in our orchestra, of course. Um, actually, it's hard to get out of that comment without offending somebody. Um, but we have a terrific music director and terrific musicians, and how great professionals work together is a little bit like how does the university function between the faculty and the administration and um, the professors and the staff, and how does a great hospital work together? We've actually given um, a real live example of that in the way we're going to show the VC School of Business in January, working with um, Johnston Willis Hospital. And they brought all of their team in from the janitors to the doctors. And we sat them in the orchestra and we spent a couple of hours talking with them as we played to think about how different perspectives matter and how every single person within an orchestra or within a great team has a really important role to play in the success of the organization, whether you are a doctor or whether you are a janitor. And it made people think of each other with much more respect than they might have done before and appreciation for the job that everybody plays. And also an understanding that if you're sitting in the bassoon section, you have a very different appreciation of the work that you're creating than you, if you're sitting in the concert master's chair. But both are equally valid. And at the end of the day, what matters is not your perspective, but the perspective of the audience, or if you like, the perspective of the customer. So I think there's a lot to be found in that metaphor of the symphony is a great team from the business perspective. And the other way of thinking about it is, how do you, as a musician, express yourself? And what is the balance between creativity and discipline? I remember when I was um, learning music and interested in being a composer, I would push back at being taught some of the old rules of composition because it really didn't seem relevant. And the point my professor made at the time was, you can't break rules unless you know what the rules are first. And likewise, I don't think you can think outside the box unless you have a box. So there's a lot to be, I think, explored in that balance between discipline and creativity. And what are the um, good boundaries to have so that great work can be done? And we're all familiar with working to deadlines. But it's also very interesting to see how you can make creativity flourish if you give other restrictions to the situation in hand. So that's true a lot in making music, whether you're a conductor or a composer or a orchestral musician, being able to work within a framework and to let your best creativity flourish um, is, is a fascinating exercise, again, to compare to the business world. So for you personally, what has been the most creative thing that you've done this year? Or shall we say the, the past 365 days? 
Maybe a as more. opposed to a year? As opposed to a year. <laughs> um, I'll give you three. That's I was thinking a year in terms of <laughs> academic year. We're thinking academic year here at the university. I think in fiscal years, too. It's all very confusing. That's exactly right. Yes. But we'll go with 365 365 days. 365 days, yeah. Perfect. I, I'll give you three. So we've confirmed that a year is 365 <laughs> days. So last night I mentioned I was playing, and that to me is a very important counterbalance to the work that I do in the office. Um, and I would say that was a creative expression of my um, personality, but also of my, of my work. If you um, live near the VCU School of Business, or if you're working late, you might have come out of the doors and noticed that there are two bridges that have been lit since June. One is the Truss Bridge, which connects the Federal Reserve to Browns Island which has loops of light, like a necklace, underneath it. And the other is Teapot, the Tyler Potterfield Bridge, which has had a series of lighting installations put on it too by the, archi the artist Jacob Stanley. What does this have to do with the symphony, you might well wonder. We uh, organized a festival of the river in June with our big tent. We had 52 organizational partners in that and 1708 Gallery is one of our organizational partners. And we find through partnership that we can do more than we can by ourselves. And I think in this particular case, it was true for 1708 Gallery too, that unless the symphony had been organizing the Festival of the River, it would not have been a project that they would have got involved in for sure. And I don't think um, they would have been in a position to take on bridge lighting as a multi-month project um, without being part of our bigger collaboration. So I would say that was absolutely a creative idea that I was very proud of because um, we have beautified the city in a way that would not have been the case. And we've also, I think, demonstrated that just as music brings people together, so can um, other projects involving the arts um, and the environment in this case in the city also do that too. Um, but music was the beginner of that process. And the last thing I'll mention um, is that one big undertaking the symphony secured in the last 365 days, in partnership with VCU, as well as University of Richmond, the city, and WCVE, was beating Melbourne and London to win the bid to host the Olympics for the violin in Richmond in May of 2020, the Hudi Menuhin International Violin Competition. And we will have the world's best young violinists coming to Richmond in May of 2020 um, to compete, but also to take part in the big festival of music and the other arts. And that is absolutely a huge creative project, the largest we've ever undertaken um, with an international level of responsibility that is the equivalent of the Olympics for the world of music. Congratulations. And Thank you. Very exciting. Very exciting. Is there anything you would like to say about the symphony and its upcoming season? Um, that it begins with one of the world's greatest pianists, Lang Lang, a Chinese artist. And he had been um, unable to play for the last 12 months, a year if you like. And um, he actually should have opened last season for us, and he had to pull out at a month's notice because he injured his hand. And imagine the career of a pianist like Lang Lang. He plays all over the world all the time. So we were incredibly lucky and grateful to be one of those 
engagements that got rescheduled. So um, I like to say that the symphony plays music of all kinds really well. And about two weeks um, around Lang Lang's date, ahead of time, on the 9th of September, we're doing the music of Prince at the Altria. So what a better way to start the season than with Prince and Lang Lang. Well, David Fisk, executive, executive director for the Richmond Symphony, thank you for joining us today. Happy to be here. Look forward very much to our collaboration this year. And everyone listening, thank you so much for joining us. Until next time. Thank you for joining us on the Creativity at Work podcast. To learn more about the Virginia Commonwealth University School of Business and our vision to drive the future of business through the power of creativity, visit us at business.vcu.edu or follow us on social media. Also, you can let the creativity come to you by subscribing on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Until next time, keep up the creativity at work.